Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Eco Chic, a podcast all about practical science and sustainability. My name is Laura, and I am a graduate student studying climate science. This podcast is a really awesome space to share a lot of things that I take for granted. So climate change education or personal sustainability efforts, things that are not necessarily common knowledge, but totally should be. We're going to be talking about climate change from a bunch of different angles, but also just personal tips on how to be a more responsible citizen of the planet. I'm really excited about today's episode because I believe it is the 10th episode of Eco Chic to put up, so I feel like this is kind of a big milestone for me. Last week's episode was all about composting. For some reason, we definitely don't talk openly enough about food waste, either in terms of scraps from cooking or just food that we don't get to before it gets bad. Composting is a really cool way to cut down on like 25% of your trash. If you're interested, go ahead and give last week's episode a listen. Also, I just want to remind everyone that if there is a particular topic in terms of sustainability or climate science that you'd like to hear more about, please let me know on EcoChic. I want these episodes to continue to be helpful little morsels of information. Climate science and sustainability are huge topics, and I hope to give you the most relevant, helpful information and tips to help tackle them in your own life. Today, we're going to try and tackle one of the biggest EcoChic conversations of all, fast fashion. Fast fashion is essentially a collection of products produced really quickly to represent current fashion trends. The market is basically a quick response to getting high fashion trends out to the common consumer. Fast fashion retailers are places like Forever 21, H&M, Topshop, Zara. Think of anywhere you can get something trendy, cheap, and in large abundance. The most obvious issue here is that the fashion industry has major ethical dilemmas in fast fashion when it comes to workers' compensation and working conditions. Long hours, super unregulated, really negligible pay. Fast fashion is also sometimes called disposable fashion. All of these trendy, cheap pieces are designed with the intention of breaking down quickly and then getting sent right to a landfill. Let's start talking about denim. Denim is one of my biggest concerns when it comes to buying clothing. It takes 800 gallons on average of water to produce one pair of jeans. So just think about how much water is necessary to grow that much cotton and then how that cotton is picked and transported and ultimately treated in a manufacturing facility. It's said that the average American uses 17.2 gallons of water in a single shower. So producing one pair of jeans is about equal to all of your showers over the course of 105 days. Also involved in growing the cotton and transporting it and making the jeans is carbon. So that's in the form of fossil fuels that are used to power all of these processes. 
the carbon footprint of one pair of jeans is about equal to driving 77 miles. So that's based on just 2018 standards of what the average American car puts out. 77 miles equal to one pair of jeans. I think that's all pretty wild. Denim is seriously one of the dirtiest things for the fashion industry to produce. Here's the cool thing about denim, though. It can be bought secondhand with little to no implications on the quality of the denim. If anything, denim gets better with time because the cotton has time to wear and get a little softer. Plus, buying denim secondhand takes it out of the waste stream. You're not personally contributing to this massive water or carbon footprint from producing a new pair of jeans that already exists out in the world. Now, I will be the first person to admit, buying denim secondhand is sometimes really hard. I find awesome denim jackets all the time. I really cannot stop acquiring denim jackets. But jeans are a totally different situation. I have been on the hunt for a really good pair of vintage denim jeans for months, and I'm nervous to buy them online because you really never know how denim's going to fit, and especially because vintage sizing is sometimes pretty different from the sizing that we have today in our fashion industry. Finding a quality pair of 100% cotton sturdy Levi's or Calvin Klein jeans is really like finding a needle in a haystack in my small town when it comes to our thrift stores. So if you are buying denim new, there are a couple of brands that I'd like to highlight for their environmental consciousness. Everlane is a really cool American-based brand that they do a whole bunch of different clothing, but denim is like really an impressive part of their manufacturing processes. Everlane's website is really cool. Under their about section, they actually break down the cost for the ethical production of different clothing items. So you can see the price of materials, labor, transport, everything that goes into producing a single pair of denim jeans with a relatively low environmental impact. Their facility is in Vietnam, and it's actually a LEED-certified building. It uses renewable energy, and their facility has this really cool, super-efficient water filtration system that actually will sift out toxins of wastewater. The filtration system then produces clean water, like so clean you can actually drink it out of this wastewater facility, and then that clean water is recycled within the factory. So the water footprint of Everlane's jeans is essentially only due to natural evaporation. Hardly anything is being wasted. All denim produces this really gross toxic sludge, but Everlane actually sends their sludge to a brick factory nearby in Vietnam where the sludge is mixed with concrete and that concrete is used to make affordable housing. And then that toxic sludge can't actually leach down into the ground. Reformation is another really cool sustainable brand based out of Southern California. And they recently launched a sister brand called Ref Jeans. All of their jeans are made out of surplus or discarded fabric. That's called dead stock. And they're not using any new water to create new denim or any additional carbon footprints in the production of new denim textiles. They're taking a huge chunk of textiles out of the waste stream. The collections for that reason are kind of limited, but you end up with a unique pair of jeans made in really small batches. They do come out with new collections pretty frequently, so it's not like impossible to scoop up a new pair of eco-friendly jeans. And I do want to point out sustainable denim, for some reason, it does not have to be as expensive as everyone thinks it does. Both of these brands have most of their jeans under $100, which is super comparable to any other new brand of jeans. Another fast fashion material that I would really like to talk about today is leather. Leather is made from cows, which require a massive amount of feed, land, water, etc. just to raise these cows. We talked about animal agriculture on episode two of this podcast, so if you're interested in learning more about the environmental implications of just raising livestock, that would be a really cool, quick resource for you. In terms of fast fashion, let's talk today about the process of tanning leather. 
There's an awesome documentary on Netflix called True Cause that I highly recommend. The documentary spent some time discussing the city of Kanpu, India, which is like the world capital of leather tanning with facilities immediately on both sides of the Ganges River. Tanning leather involves chemicals that are super harmful to human health. So the workers in these facilities, according to the film, are 20 to 50% more at risk to all different kinds of cancers than the rest of their communities. One of the chemicals crucial to the tanning of leather is chromium-6, which we've actually had a couple of scares of in the United States, but it's essentially always present in the water systems of these factory communities. Chromium-6 can be produced naturally, but is typically associated with big industrial projects. It can cause skin burns, pneumonia, but is also very clearly correlated with stomach cancer, other kinds of cancer, serious complications for childbirth. These tanning facilities have little to no environmental regulations in place, so it's said that over 50 million liters of toxic wastewater is dumped into the Ganges River every single day from these leather tanning facilities alone. So there's obviously some really clear environmental degradation going on when it comes to the tanning of leather. But let's just say, for the sake of argument, all we care about is the human implications of this. When these chemicals are being added to a major source of water, the chemicals end up in the groundwater drinking supplies. These people are now just ingesting and accumulating these chemicals in their bodies. So that's called bioaccumulation. Our Western world demanding these cheap, readily available leather items is directly causing other communities some pretty serious, possibly fatal, medical problems. So what can you do about shopping sustainably? There are some indexes online. I will try and go ahead and link in the references of where you can figure out how the particular fabrics in your clothing items are impacting the environment and what it took to get that item to you. But you can also just start by rethinking that basic Forever 21 impulse buy. How did that piece of clothing get to you? Who made it? Why is that pair of pants only $10? Being a conscious consumer is a lot about looking at an article of clothing or even anything else you're spending money on and just asking what it has impacted before it's gotten to you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Fast fashion is one of the most difficult things for me personally to give up and reconsider. Shopping secondhand, though, has been fun, and I feel so great when I find clothes that are vintage and trendy and already broken in. I will have references and other information linked in the show notes and on my website, lauraediaz.com. So that's a place where I write a little bit more in depth on a specific topic. So for example, I get questions about how to start shopping in bulk and reducing food waste every time I post my groceries on my Instagram stories. So last week I put up a post on just some easy kitchen staples on how you can start reducing your waste. If you enjoyed this episode on fast fashion, please, please let me know. This is something that I can continue to talk about because we only just basically graze the surface. This is a whole slow fashion movement that I would love to get more in depth on. And I really love hearing your feedback. I hope these episodes are helpful. If there's a topic you'd like to hear me talk more about, I'm always really happy to chat. Science, sustainability, whatever else you're interested in. Definitely feel free to slide into my DMs. My Instagram is at Laura E. Diaz. That's the easiest way to get in contact with me. But you can also shoot me an email at laura at lauraediaz.com or via the contact page on my website. That's the email that it goes to. I also have a Facebook page now, which is kind of exciting, and that's where I will be like just putting all sorts of like new podcasts, new posts on my website, whatever it is that you could be interested in when it comes to all of these science and sustainability things that I talk about. So Facebook might be a good place to also connect with me. There's a whole bunch of different ways for us to chat. As always, thank you so, so much for listening. I really appreciate all of the support and good vibes and reviews and ratings and sharing with your friends. 
and I hope you have a really awesome day. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.